Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, another player's being held up for trade-related reasons. Just coming down. We got a lot to get to in this hour. One-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. <laughs> it might be a four-hour segment, the way things are rolling in on the trade front these days. Uh, that's coming up. Plus, we've got our game rating from last night's contest at Ball Arena in Denver, in which the Avalanche won 3 nothing with that empty net goal by Nathan McKinnon and the 40-goal mark hit by Miko Rantanen. Amazing that he is the fastest player in the Avalanche history to hit 40 goals. Fastest. Yeah. And all the players. Wild. Like, they've had some decent guys roll through the Colorado Avalanche <laughs> decent. system. Decent. Over oh. the years. A, a couple of yeah. couple of guys that could turn both ways. Right? Yeah. yeah, pretty good. Could shoot the puck pretty, good, pretty good. And Miko Rantanen. Decent players. Miko Rantanen. Best. Fastest. Uh, to reach well, 40 fastest. goals. Uh, so uh, we've got uh, that. Uh, th- this is the situation with the player that's being held out now. And I've talked about him a few times. And now it looks like there's some legitimate interest. We haven't had a player at this position go yet. Yunus Corpusalo. Yeah. He's being held out by the Columbus Blue Jackets against the Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday for what they're calling trade-related reasons. Now that now we're getting goofy, all right? Because how's Columbus going to play an entire game without a goalie? Like you don't think that that's going to affect the game? That they're they're going to play an entire game without a goalie? Okay, all right. Chapman's not listening at all. He he's, he's, he he yeah, doesn't get it. Play, no, I get it. Uh, I, I'm not biting on this. He's one. 28 years old, makes just over a million dollars, and I talked about him an hour number one. And now we've got news that uh, that there's some uh, some interest there. Gavrikov is already out for trade related reasons in Columbus, and now Corpsa. This is when it makes sense, though, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hockey fans. If you're in the week of trade deadline, you've got one or two games left, and there's interest. Now's when it makes sense from a competitive standpoint to be holding players out for trade-related reasons. I read where Columbus wasn't apologizing for sitting down Gavrikov for eight games because they had a trade in place. Sure. Now, it doesn't sound like that trade happened or there's been some kind of serious complications (laughs) to that trade. I don't know what occurred with the trade that was in place, but it didn't happen. Yeah, because so he's still a Columbus Blue Jacket. Why he didn't go back in no. is a bit of a mystery to me. Or because they'd already made the decision, so let's just ride this thing out. But uh, it'll be really uh, interesting to follow Darren Drager's reporting on this because the Board of Governors do meet uh, before the Stanley Cup playoffs, and and this is going to be brought up, uh, the competitive uh, adjustment that it gives teams uh 
who are not only playing that particular squad with players being sat out, but play but teams that are competing with the club that's going against that team. Like it's it it, it affects all over the place. The the cause and effect uh, rule, sliding doors. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. Whether there's uh, any type of ruling that's put in place, it's really hard because how do you how do you do it right? If what's the difference between sitting down a player for trade related reasons and making somebody a healthy scratch because the coach isn't happy with them? There's there's uh, you can't yeah, you I can't mean, draw a, a difference between that. There there really isn't, and I think that you know eventually, like where we're going with this is okay. Es- essentially we're probably going to have a time frame in and around the trade deadline where it is allowable to set a player for trade release trade related reasons. My guess would be seven days out, maybe 10 days out. If you like want to be a little bit over cautious, but from that point forward, I I think that you'll just be able to massage it in different ways there there. You can, you can have a player out of the lineup for uh, an injury or, or you can healthy scratch a player if you really, really want to. So um, I don't know that it's going to move the needle in any particular way, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's now a time frame of allowable trade-related reason scratchings. Yeah, toe fungus. That'll be it. Yeah, that's that's the yep. next one. That's that's for sure what it is. Yeah, something or 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 a lower body injury, because teams will always be able to find their way. I I honestly don't think that there's anything the league can do about it. But there's teams that are not happy about it. Uh, let's get into our game rating from last night. The Colorado Avalanche beating the Vegas Golden Knights 3 nothing. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Oh, it was 80s night back at the rink the other night, and I loved it. And here, here's the thing. At T-Mobile Arena, uh, the, the Golden Knights uh, put on the 80s night with all the music and some of the the attire, and uh, I know Chinook had the DeLorean uh, out front. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was awesome. But here's when you realize that you're old. They're celebrating a decade 30 years ago, and I'm sitting there, and by the middle of the second period, it's not even 80s night anymore. I'm just liking the music. I just, I'm just enjoying every song. And it's not even throwback. It's like, this, we should do this every night. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with you on that one. Like I, I even saw some people on Twitter who were who were like, "Man, the music tonight is awesome." It's awesome. Yeah, they probably yeah. didn't even know it was '80s night. Yeah, they were just like like there there was a moment where where I I replied to someone on Twitter. I was like, "All we need is you make my dreams come true," and uh, DJ Joe Green slipped it in, and he said yep. he said he saw the tweet, and that was for me. He got he got uh, Eddie Murphy party all the time. Yes, there. I was um, thinking started, about right and kick kick the night off with uh, with a flock of seagulls. So like it, it was banging from from jump. It was a fantastic night. I love the music. Um, anytime there's a throwback theme like '90s nights, '80s nights, the, the '90s night with the reverse retros, fantastic stuff. Flock Sign of seagulls all day long. Flock of seagulls, the most referenced band in the history of civilization, that nobody knows what any songs that they sang. I know a bunch of songs that they sing. Yeah, everybody just talks about their hair. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They talk well, that, about the hair even, way even more in Pulp than Fiction, the music, right? Hey, flock of seagulls. Yeah, guys sitting on the couch. I got it right Tra- away. Nobody, Tra- nobody <laughs> references their music ever. It's just the hair. Yeah. You know what's funny? I saw them recently. They're bald. They're all bald. Yeah, I don't think one guy's with us anymore either. Oh, I, I, I read something about oh. uh, about them, but the the one guy is bald. Yeah, the yeah, lead they singer. They, they don't have, but that that was their go to look. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a interesting look too. 
I thought it was good luck. Yeah. Because I get I get compared to them all the time, <laughs> my, my old pictures. So I I, I, I kind of like the look. Uh, last night in Denver, uh, coming off the uh, performance uh, at home in which they let uh, a lead get away against Dallas last night, they were trying to, still a chance to extend the point streak to 10 games. But it stopped in Denver with a 3 nothing loss. What's your uh, rating, Chapman? Well, I don't think it's as bad as some people made it out to be. Who, who made it up to be Well, bad? I just saw some people saying it, it wasn't a good game. It was terrible, blah, blah, blah. Was that Wallace? No, no, okay. no. Just just some randos on, on social media that I saw. So Why I don't, are you watching the game instead of watching well, it was this was after the game. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. So I'm going to go with the Hummer right in the okay. middle. I don't think it was terrible. It certainly wasn't the best game they've put all season. I don't like that they got shut out, but I don't think they played as bad as uh, as as some people would, would say. I thought they were really good on the penalty kill. Brady McNabb was a was a monster um, for that two minutes, and it was four on three basically. Um, I I think Aiden Hill outside of the, like we talked about outside of the one mistake was was pretty solid. So I mean, would have been nice to get a goal, but I don't think it was it was a terrible game by any stretch. Look, you're playing a really really good team in their arena. They get out to a one nothing lead on a gaff, and you push back. And I'm gonna go right in the middle. It was a three. This might be the most impressive season that I've seen. Braden McNabb play. He's so good. And I don't want to say it, it, and I'm phrasing that differently, because I don't want to say it's the best season of his career, because I haven't seen all of the seasons of his career, but the most impressive season. He's had some impactful games, and he's been reliable, and he's been in there every night, and and I'm I'm really, been really impressed with the impact uh, of, of, of Braden McNabb. What's your uh, rating, Wallace? Yeah, I'll go two out of five. I'll go station wagon. Um, you know, again, the mistake for Aiden Hill, like it's it's unfortunate that it happens. It's unfortunate that it happens 14 seconds into the game. Uh, but as we talked about at the beginning of the show, the Golden Knights had plenty of opportunity and plenty of time to make life a little bit difficult on Alexander Georgiev, and, and it really wasn't outside of the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, as Chapman mentioned, the, the work on the penalty kill was fantastic. I, I do think Aiden Hill made a number of really good saves to keep that one within striking distance, but... You know, the Golden Knights just didn't really have any jump up front offensively. And, and you know, when when you get shut out, it's hard for me to go uh, anything higher than, than a two out of five. So that's where that's where I'm at. Yeah, I do break it down to the fact that they, they only really allowed one goal. I take the mistake in the first 14 seconds out of play because that was an individual uh, misfortune. And then the empty netter doesn't count. So they only really allowed one goal. I'm still going to go even with that rationalization with us with a station wagon, a two and a five. Based on the the possession, uh the tilted ice in favor of the avalanche. And you have to dive a little bit deeper in it. The the shots ended up almost even. It was thirty four thirty one in favor of the the avalanche. Power plays were the same, just one each. Referees had a flight to catch and needed to get to St. Louis uh, quickly and on, on Southwest out of there. Uh, that the 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 overall shots on goal shot shot shots were relatively close, but shot attempts when you go through that, it was a big difference. So minus three in shots on goal, but minus twenty four in shot attempts to the Colorado Avalanche gives you an idea of of who had the puck more last night. And who who carried the play, and just who was able to 
dominate the game or yeah. or carry the play of the game uh, more so last night. There was there was chances. I thought Jack had a couple of good looks. I thought Riley Smith and and the William Carlson Amadio line was was very noticeable last night uh, and, and deserved a lot better. The one power play that they got, I, I'm encouraged by what I see with that. But there was spits and spurts of it after the first 10 minutes uh, and through the first for the 40 minutes of the game uh, in the middle part, there, there wasn't a lot at all. And, uh, and uh, Aiden Hill, take away that one play. And it's hard to do that. Take away that one play, it's his best game of the year. Uh, but you can't, you can't cost. It's it's too hard of a game, and the competition is so close. There's so much parity in our sport right now. They can't give those up, and and hopefully there's a reconciliation and and uh, and getting back. Now, he was he was back in. He watched LB play the last three games and dominated. He was excited to get back in last night. Maybe maybe he's trying to force something. I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the game. Maybe he's trying to push a uh, uh, make something just uh, happen where where it wasn't there. Uh, and and I I like players that want to make plays. But 14 seconds in the first minute, your first handoff. Uh, you, you you like to see uh, something different happen on on that side. Now the underlying part of the storyline last night, which was a major part of our pregame show uh, with Megan Bozak and uh, Gary Lawless before the uh, the the puck drop, was the arrival of Ivan Barbashev. Uh, what uh, what was your takeaway in the first time that you've really focused? And I'm assuming here that you haven't zeroed in on Ivan Barbashev in the past uh, with, with the St. Louis Blues. What what do you think of his game? Yeah, I I thought that you know there were some pockets, just kind of like the Golden Knights overall, where he he looked to click a bit with Jack Eichel. There were some some handoffs, some interchanges, some passes uh, that worked well. Um, then there were other opportunities where it looked like Ivan Barbashev was playing his first game with a new team and new line mates. And, you know, I, I think for, for me, I, I, the energy, you know, it's going to be there. Um, he, he's not shy to throw his body around. He, I think he had a big hit early on, on, on Sam Gerrard behind the net. Like that was something that you want to see. Um, and he went to the net, you know, that's, that's kind of his game. Right. So I, I think that everything that you were thinking Ivan Barbashev is, it was there uh, for the golden Knights a bit there last night. Um, and now the hope is that he's able to build on that and build some chemistry with with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau, and that trio can can figure out how to play with one another and and be an effective line. Yeah. If that's how Bruce Cassidy is going to continue to deploy it, or if you're going to start moving some things around. Yeah, it certainly does sound like he's going to try a few things in the next couple of weeks when it comes to Ivan Barbashev and and slotting stuff in. Uh, Paul Cotter was moved down uh, from uh, the Jack Eichel line with Jonathan Marshall last night. Uh, for, for a player like Barbashev, who's a 10, probably a 10 to 17 goal scorer, Right, like that—that's a wide range, but uh, he's not going to score twenty-six every year. Uh, That—that's an anomaly. They don't expect him to score twenty-six goals uh, every year. Kelly McCrimmon stated that uh, the other day. So he's—he's a fifteen-goal guy. Let's uh, let's slot him in right there, Uh, and he's a straight-line player. And he goes to the front of the net, and he forechecks hard, and he throws hits. Last night was a good good debut. 
uh, he, he, he was uh, getting used to things. His heart's probably racing a million miles an hour. His head's spinning. Uh, he's playing with, uh, with two guys that he's never skated with before, and they're high-end skill guys, which Barbershev has the uh, ability to play with. But it's, I can tell you what, it's harder to play with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau than it is with Ivan Barbershev. So he, it's more a challenge for Barbershev to fit in with those guys because of, of, of what they do and how uh, basic and, and uh, simple his game is. So I think he saw a lot of what we're going to witness from Barbershev going forward. Uh, you saw some forecheck. You saw going to the front of the net. You saw some physicality out of him. Uh, the line can get better, but I... While you're hopeful that you'll catch lightning in a bottle uh, with something like that, uh, it's it's a it's a little bit uh, uh, unfair to everybody. I I watched him. I went back through every shift. I told you guys yesterday uh, every shift that he played against the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night. I saw a similar type game last night in in the physicality and and what he can do and and some fire and uh, and. There was a couple of miscommunications, but that wasn't just Jack Eichel and Barbershev crossing paths and hitting each other uh, crossing the zone. Uh, there was three or four other instances of that, and that was that was a sign right there that they were just out of sync uh, last night. Uh, I'm I'm encouraged by Barbershev. I'm I'm excited to watch him play, and I think it's going to be really uh, important for a player like him in the month of March to this team and his ability to keep everybody going when they're going every second day through the month of March. And it is, uh, it's going to be a test of uh, the, the fitness and the, and the uh, mental part of the game when you're going every second day uh, through the month of March and starting with this uh, big five game road trip uh, uh, next week. And he's, he's a player that can bring some of that fight, grab it and bring it to his bench and get everybody involved. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in listening and talking to, because uh, I, I heard Darren Pang was on the ESPN show with Cofield yesterday. Uh, and, and Panger and I were, were talking in the last couple of days. He is, uh, he's really excited uh, about, uh, about Barbashev joining us and, uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I, I think there there shouldn't be with the player, right? There shouldn't be too much variance in his game. In, in that, you know, when you when you have Will Carrier out on out out on the ice, you know exactly what you're going to get more often than not. And you know, I view Ivan Barbashev through a similar lens. I think that as he gets more comfortable, you're probably going to see him and notice him a little bit more. But you know, the fact of the matter is, he's he's going to play the same way every single time he's on the ice. He's going to go hard to the front of the net. He's going to finish his checks. And, you know, as, as you kind of talked about, you're, you're hoping that the chemistry can build or Bruce Cassidy starts to move some things around to try to find a, a combination that works for everybody and maximizes the lineup. All right, we got some breaking news. Ready for it? How many times have I asked for a breaking news? Yeah, but I like doing that. Just stop at. Just stop asking. I like doing it's the same conversation. You say, how many times have I asked? And Chapman's like, ever since you joined the show. And then he's like, but I like making the noise. And we do this thing. Just just don't ask anymore. He, he doesn't even do the thing right. No, but he really likes doing it. You know what? I will have one tomorrow. All right. 
Because no, we, we got a couple of yeah, days yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's important this week. It's coming. I'll okay. do it tomorrow. I will have it in for tomorrow's show. Chapman, Chapman. Yes. I don't know if you thought about this like too far in advance, but just record yourself making the noise and then play that as the clip. No, not, but you said acceptable. I don't do the noise well. No, I'll, I'll, I'll have a breaking news. Thing. Uh, the the trade has been finalized. Well. The trade has okay. been finalized. Patrick Kane is now a member of the New York Rangers as hmm. the Rangers acquire the future Hall of Famer from the Chicago Blackhawks in a multiplayer and very complicated trade. It had to wait until today. It was actually finalized three or four days ago. And they had to wait until today for the New York Rangers to accrue enough cap space to fit that $10.5 million cap hit under uh, their umbrella. And this is the, the trade, how it breaks down. The Rangers get defenseman Cooper Zach. Now, that's a tough name, right? Cooper Zach? Yeah. Yeah, two first names. Yes, exactly. You never really know. So I had to look at Patrick Kane above him (laughs) to know that it was Cooper Zach. Because quite honestly, Zach Cooper sounds better. It it does. Doesn't it? You're you're not wrong. You're uh, you're not wrong. That's, That's true. But I digress. Uh, Chicago gets Andy Walensky, Vili Sayarvi, a 2023 second-round pick. So that's a second-round pick this year. And a fourth-rounder in two years, in 2025. Arizona also receives New York's 2025 third-round pick for taking on 25% of Patrick Kane's contract. That's, That's a good deal for Arizona. So you know what that I think means, a third right? rounder for taking on twenty five percent of the salary that is done at the end of this year. Add Patrick Kane to the list of Arizona Coyotes no, legends who never no. played for them. No, oh, no. is it only a portion of a salary? They, 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 you have to be you have to be fully part of the organization. Do you? So there's no error there. Does Does Patrick Kane not waive his no move clause to be traded to the Arizona Coyotes so that they can retain his salary? Yeah, for two so seconds. That he can be traded to. I'm sorry, like I'm not moving. The, I'm 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 100 in the right here. The New York Rangers did an amazing job here. They have acquired Vladimir Tarasenko mm-hmm. and Patrick Kane. Yes. And did not give up either Alex Lafreniere mm-hmm. or Capo Cackle. Which you thought they would have. I didn't think there was a chance they would be able to get out of this without surrendering one of those two kids. So congratulations to Chris Drury for being able to get past that. I didn't think that they would. And the other part of it was I didn't think they'd be able to do it from a cap perspective. That they that they would would be able to to hold on to both of those salaries because they're rookie uh, max deals uh, with those salaries and 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 uh, and still acquire Kane and Tarasenko. That is impressive. So in the Eastern Conference right now, let's do our instant power rankings, and we'll come back and tell you about it. Who is the best team in the Eastern Conference after the New York Rangers put Patrick Kane onto their Roster. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Before we go to break, 702-876-1340. Two more tickets to see the Montreal Canadiens against the Vegas Golden Knights on Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Caller number uh, Patrick Kane wears 88. 
Caller number eight. I wasn't going to do it to you, buddy. Caller number eight to 702-876-1340. We have two more tickets to see Montreal against the Vegas Golden Knights. And more tickets on the way if you don't win right now. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. I was thinking, Chapman and I should sign up for Truck U and do it as a reality show. Oh, yeah. Go get our license. See who can do that. Oh, I wouldn't pay money for that. 18, you wouldn't You wouldn't pay money to watch us go through that? No, no, no. I'd watch it for free on YouTube or something. Wow. Because I am a big admirer of bus drivers and semi-truck drivers. Huge. Yeah. Uh, when you're uh, driving around the National Hockey League and the way these guys back into different places, different rinks, and there's no space for the mirrors to get by, and, and somehow sure. they do it, I, 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 I go on and on about how uh, much admiration I have. But then you add in the trailer for it. I think Chapman and I, we got <laughs> something here. Truck you with Chapman and Mallard. I'll even give you top billing on it. Those commercials are are, are certainly interesting as well. Truck you. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, some trade news to talk about. <laughs> yes. That Truck so you bad. too. This <laughs> is yes. This is wild. So on, on the heels of the Kane deal, and I still want your top team in the Eastern Conference. I want your okay. But uh, this is what happened in the in the Western Conference. We actually have a trade to tell you about. Matthias Ekholm traded yep. by Nashville to Edmonton for Tyson Berry. Now, Ekholm is older. He's not as mm-hmm. offensive. He does have longer, more term left on his contract. He's got three more years. Berry has one. Here's the thing. Uh, Berry's only one year younger, and he's more offensive, and he quarterbacks the best power play in National Hockey League history. Mm-hmm. Eh, not quite there, but it's pretty good. Last four years... Combined, the Edmonton Oilers have the best four-year run in a power play in the history of the league. Yeah. Uh, very interesting trade. I don't understand it. And, and you know who's been really good lately? Tyson Berry. <laughs> so is so, this just a pure way to try to defend? Well, I mean, listen, you, you need you need to defend better, especially if you're the Edmonton Oilers, because they're bad at defending opposition teams from scoring goals. They're just bad, flat-out bad. They don't defend well. That is a, a, a statement that is unequivocally true of the Edmonton Oilers. Now, to your point, I don't know why you move your quarterback on the top power play out of town to just get more defensively responsible. I feel like there was probably a way to get this done without Tyson Berry in the fold. However... Maybe it signifies another move, a more all-in move for Ken Holland and the Edmonton Oilers. Or you just believe, as I think a lot of people probably do, you have the best power play in the world because you have two of the best players in the world in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, but that point position, that guy that can uh, work it, uh, is really big. Now, they, they, they do have options. There, there are options on their blue line. But a lot of people are thinking right now there might be something more to come. They took up more salary with with Ekholm, a little bit. Um, but I wonder 
if there's anything to a reigniting conversation between Edmonton and San Jose for Eric Carlson. I, All I want in life is for Eric Carlson. And I'm going to get in trouble for this because apparently I'm only supposed to talk about the Golden Knights. But I, I want Eric Carlson on the Edmonton Oilers. I want to see how ridiculous that could be for Carlson, for McDavid, for Dreisaitl what the point totals might actually end up being. So um, I don't know if it does signify that there's a, a push in the Eric Carlson direction, but boy, oh boy, do I hope it signifies that. Who's telling you what to say? Oh, come on, Darren. It's it's that, that thing that you don't you don't. Oh, yeah, you're fighting with social media. Yeah. Uh, the I'm not others fighting are, with anybody. I'm just being told what to do. Well, there's uh, like also made a secondary deal. Yessi uh, Puliarvi, that uh, era is over. Fourth overall pick <laughs> dealt to the Carolina Hurricanes. That's been coming for a long time. Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs continue to double down. And they reacquired Luke Shen today. Uh, he was an original draft pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Luke Shen goes from Vancouver to Toronto for a third-round pick. I think that's a great trade for Toronto. Uh, uh, He's a character guy. I'm a big fan of both Shens. Uh, This is a player uh, near the end of his career. I think it's a, of all the splash that Kyle Dubas has made, this one is just a pure good hockey trade. Uh, for uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and I don't know how many years Luke Shen wants to play after this, 33 years old, but I think he can uh, he can help them. they got a they got a different-looking blue line now, boy. Uh, it, it, it's a potpourri <laughs> on that back end of different guys. Like, you, you factor in Giordano and uh, Riley, and, uh, like, it's, uh, it's, it's yeah. a cool-looking team. That, they're going to have to wear name tags. Yeah. Until the second round of the playoffs, if they get yeah. there, before everybody knows everybody else's names. Please. In Toronto. Please, if, if they get there, please. So what you're saying um, is they're never going to know each other. Well, they, they, they may not. <laughs> I, I, hey, look at Toronto. I, yeah. I'm surprised, and I'll have to go through it, and I'll, I'll do that uh, tonight, at everything they've given up this year in in the various acquisitions that they've made. And it's it's a lot. And I know Kyle Dubas is all in. Last year was contract uh, manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. uh, uh, He wants to win. If they and it if it works, it's great. But if say they do win around, that's progress. Mm -hmm. But they don't win the Stanley Cup. Like there's nothing for him to beyond this roster of, of players that he's got under contract. Sure. There's not a lot there to, to build around. And I'm surprised Brendan Shanahan and the, the board in Toronto, uh, there's a board of directors, uh, allowed it to go this deep uh, of sacrificing the future. Well, I, I don't I don't think it... I mean, Kyle Dubas has to win the Stanley Cup. I, I, I don't believe, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not from Toronto. I didn't, do, I didn't work in Toronto, so I don't know what the, the temperature's like there. Uh, but one round isn't going to cut it. Like, one round, winning a round isn't going to save Kyle Dubas's job. I think they have to win the Stanley Cup. No, but I really do. The problem is, even if you even if you save your job somehow by going to the third round or going to the Stanley Cup final, there's, you've, you've sacrificed so much of the future. It's going to make it's, – it's almost like he doesn't want to come back and have the job anyway, even if they win. It's like um, – uh, Maybe Neil, that's where Neil, he's at. Neil Smith or uh, or, uh, or Mike Keenan after he won the Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers. I'll just go to St. Louis. 
I'll sign that uh, that deal. Uh, yeah. Toronto also acquired uh, defenseman Eric Gustafson. Uh, so that uh, that's also been brought in for defenseman Rasmus Sandin. Sandin was on the ice of practice today when he found out uh, that he was traded, walked around, and uh, and was done. So he walked around the long way of the, the building uh, on the outside. There's some cool uh, just reality video out there of what goes on during the National Hockey League trade deadline. Marcus Johansson traded by the Washington Capitals to the Minnesota Wild. So all indications are that the Washington Capitals are uh, moving on. Uh, they're not going to be loading up uh, or adding things. They'll go with what they have right now and try to be able to uh, qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs, but they're they're not going to be caught uh, without cashing in on some assets. Timo Meyer unlikely for the Devils tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche, which means that there's a good chance that he will make his debut for the New Jersey Devils on Friday. Yep. Here in Vegas, Timo yeah. Meyer. Timo time. That'll be. Uh, I, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Timo time. I'll be curious to see what they do with him for a con. They were very aggressive. Didn't have a didn't have an extension in place. Still yeah. gave up a lot uh, for for that player. Uh, who's your who your top four in the East? Patrick Kane is now a member of the New York Rangers. Okay, I'm going to go Boston-Tampa 1-2. Carolina hasn't done anything of, like, note, and I don't think Yesapuliarvi of note. They played so an outdoor I'll game. Say, I'll say... I'll say the Rangers... <laughs> and I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go New Jersey just because those two teams have made a splash, and Toronto's not winning around. So why put them in there? So Toronto's not inside your Eastern Conference no. top four right now. No, they're not. Despite all the moves that they made. No. No. Now is that a bias against them that's influencing you? It's it's a. Yeah, they don't. They're not. Winning. They're not going to win in the first round. Like, I, I, I don't believe in no, the Toronto right, like, No, don't, don't, don't think first round. Like, don't, don't factor. I don't want you to factor in. Maybe I didn't phrase it right. Uh, don't factor in the Tampa Bay matchup or anything that goes uh, into that. I just want to know who your top teams are in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah, I'll say again. I'll say Boston, Tampa, the New York Rangers, and. In that, in that, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go Carolina then over New Jersey because I I trust I trust the Carolina goaltending wow. a little bit more. Toronto doesn't have the goaltending. Um, yeah, I, I don't put the Toronto Maple. I don't think they're the. I don't think they're in the top four in the East. I really don't. Carolina's goalie's a free agent after this year too. Freddie Anderson. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that is uh, that's startling, and I wouldn't tweet that if I was you. You'll you'll have the. Uh, You'll have Upper Canada all over you. Just ready to fire you up. Mm-hmm. Boston, mm-hmm. no brainer. Like what Boston did last night, low event hockey against the Edmonton Oilers, and, and got goals yep. from three guys who are like, huh? That, that, they scored? Uh, what? <laughs> how, how, does, how does that work? Poor, like it was good. poor Connor McDavid. And Connor McDavid scores his 50th goal last night. Scores a pair. Sure did. And Edmonton yep. loses the game. 
That's uh, the most Edmonton Oilers game I've I've watched in a while, right? Like you, you've got McDavid going off, scoring 50 goals in 61 games, and they lose three to two because a bunch of depth players come through. Now, can Gotta I just? Uh, I'm going to counter you with the most Edmonton Oilers game that you've watched recently. You didn't see the Columbus game uh, then, in which the Columbus <laughs> Blue Jackets led four to nothing. Edmonton <laughs> yeah, came that's back. True. That's fair. Edmonton that's came fair. back, tied it at four. In the midst of that, Edmonton made a goalie change. Mm-hmm. So when they got down 4 nothing, they made a goalie change. <laughs> and <laughs> Stuart Sinner comes in. His team yeah. outscores the other team 5-2 while he's in net. And he takes the loss because Edmonton managed to tie it up at 4. He was plus yeah. 3 in goals. Yeah. So that's uh, that was, uh, to me, the most Edmonton thing. Uh, my Eastern Conference uh, hierarchy right now, is Boston, is the New York Rangers, is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Tampa Bay, and Carolina. That's and Carolina and Tampa teams. Bay, Camp, Carolina and Tampa Bay are interchangeable, but uh, because Tampa's been to three straight finals, I'm going to give them the nod, but it's a virtual tie. Boston, okay, so, Rangers, Toronto. Ahead. Are the the top three with Tampa edging in there? Uh, New Jersey, I like. I'm just not like, exciting. I'm just not sure that that it's gonna happen. And you talk about makes uh, you, like, goaltending. Well, uh, what the, you, that what's gonna happen? And, that, and, and if you talk goaltending, run, if you talk goaltending, there's two teams in there that have that have goaltending. What are you arguing that they're they're among the best right now, or that they're going to go deep in the playoffs? Because yeah. that's two different things. Both, both. Yeah, I, so, I like so, them. I, okay. I, I, look, so, I have trouble buying into a so team without Toronto- without when when Boston's got what they have in Pasternak. When the the, uh-huh. the the New York Rangers have Jeter and Rodriguez, uh, A Rod okay. going, and Tampa yeah. Bay has Kucherov and Stamkos. Toronto has Matthews. And Marner mm-hmm. and the Carolina Hurricanes have Kakanyami and Freddie Anderson. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Sebastian Aho, like that's that's ridiculous. Okay, Aho. listen, I, but but you know okay, what? I, okay, here, here, but that's no, no, my but, rationale right there. So so that that's where I'm going with with all due respect. Uh, I I think Carolina would be a great story, and I think that they they could go a long way. But when you're talking mm-hmm. stars and and uh, game breakers. Yeah, oh, oh, they've got good players, but but you not but, not but they my, don't my fit into is, my my group. But I, but my point is, what are you talking about? Like, are you talking about right? I think now, the other teams are better right now. You you think Toronto's better, and you think yeah. that, and, and I think with the moves that have been I think, made, I think Toronto and Tampa and the Rangers and Boston are all better than Carolina. The needles moved on that two weeks ago. Oof. No, but the needles moved. And you put Toronto right now ahead of Tampa, legitimately. Right now, yes. In a playoff series, maybe that's different. I think it's a it's a total coin flip in a playoff series. Is it more spectacular if Toronto stumbles like they did last year? Yes. But what do you mean it's, if? It, it's it no no it's it's a coin flip uh, between those two teams. If if you look at it with zero bias or zero anticipation mm-hmm. of the chaos that comes with a Toronto stumble, 
Sure. Uh, it's Toronto. Sh- Toronto should win. Come on. The other teams played been to okay. three straight finals, okay. uh, and okay. and and everything that they've they've had to turn over. Toronto should win. Will it happen? I don't know. They sure haven't been able to do it yet uh, in 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 winning uh, a series. Uh, we got more so, tickets. So to here's. Play. Oh, okay. Like I, Kyle Dubas has added like eight players. Yeah. We have no idea, no clue what that's going to look like. Really on the hard. Ice. Really I hard. I don't know. I don't know how you can put in good faith Toronto over Tampa when you know exactly what the Tampa Bay Lightning are. They haven't added a ton. They've added very, very Tampa-like yeah. players. I just, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't understand the the argument for the lack well, of consistency in the lineup. It's it's super they have easy. No idea what they're going to be. I'm a genius. You're not. Okay. That's how I do it. It it goes without saying. I am a mastermind when it comes to this kind of thing. 702-876-1340. Be caller number five right now, and we will send you to Sunday's game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadian, the Blue Blanc Rouge. Uh, on behalf of the VGK Insider Show, catching up with Chapman is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. We have one more pair of tickets to give away, right? We do, yes. All right. Well, don't phone yet, because yep. if you phone right now, it's going to ring through and you're going to get disconnected. We, you, you, we're not going to take the calls just yet, but be standing by. Like, dial the 702-876-134, but don't press zero yet. What's that old saying? Operators are standing by? Yes. Not yet. Not, not. yet. No, yeah. no, because you're the operator. Yes. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I'm going to bring the conversation that we were just having off the air to this to the to the show today. I we, we we talked about the last segment, the East, and I I said to you guys, I just cannot buy in on the Leafs. I, they 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 hooked me in last year. It was like big tuna. I got hooked on the line, and I was all in. They were gonna they were gonna dethrone the Tampa Bay Lightning. They end up losing in seven games. I in my heart, I want to say that they will they will win that series. I just can't do Can, it. I can't buy in on the Leafs. Do you care one way or the other? No, so no. you don't have a dog in the fight. No, I I really enjoy watching Tampa. But that's but, the great part about that series. Yeah, you can watch we, it and enjoy it. And no, I was going to say actually the fact that they played last year and they got the the follow up series. This is where divisional playoffs are awesome. A lot of clamoring to go to a top eight, even though this would be the series in that case too, yes. because of the way they match up. But I love divisional playoffs. Well, and the other the other division as well, you're looking at a possible Hudson River series between the Devils yeah. and the Rangers. Well, you're going to get it. You're going to get it, I think. Yeah, because I don't think either of them catch Carolina. But, I mean, I grew up in the 90s when those that rivalry was intense. You grew up in the 90s? Well, I was in high school, so that was when the so Rangers... So technically, you grew up in the 70s and the 80s. 80s and 90s. I was born late 70s, so... So you grew up you, in the uh, 70s, you, too. Yeah. You yeah. came of age, Chapman, in the 90s. Yes, and I, I, I remember vividly 94 and 95 when the when the Rangers were. won their cup and the Devil fans would chant 1940 and the Ranger fans would chant back 19 never. And I remember the, Fast Times at Richmond High. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you saw that? I try to watch it a couple times a year. It's one of my favorites. Seriously? Spicoli? Oh, my God. Spicoli. Well, I know, but you watch it a couple of times a year? Oh, it's it's literally one of my favorite movies. Mike Damone, maybe one of the worst people ever in a movie, but such a cool character. Huh. 
Like he that guy was that guy was a jerk. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Pete DeBoer today about um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. No, uh, Dallas. Remember the show? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Jr. Ewing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I said I always wanted was it to be, Linda Evans. I always wanted to be Jr. Because he just he just had this swagger about it. He wasn't a great human. No, but he, he wasn't he, a good human. And then I remember like finally finding out because I never watched the show. It was on when I was little, little. So like finding out who shot Jr. Yeah, very disappointing. And then Bobby, like the one whole season was just a dream because he <laughs> yeah. came to in the shower. I I just remember when that show came on, it was time for me to go to bed. One of the greatest theme songs, yeah, ever. I knew when I saw Texas Stadium. Mm-hmm. Chris, time for bed. What was the theme song? <laughs> yeah, I remember. My parents used to uh, watch that in Dynasty. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> There you, you go. So Going back to the 80s. Yes. Love the 80s. 80s night. We need more of those. 702-876-1340. Caller number six. Now. Now operators are standing by for the game against the Montreal Canadiens on Sunday. Trade deadline. We've got a special live stream on Friday on the Vegas Golden Knights side at uh, noon. Plenty more talk in the next few days on Fox Sports Las Vegas.